Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Well, I've happened to have been preaching for decades now, and it's becoming rarer and rarer for me to be in a portion of Scripture that I never taught before. But today we're going to be in such a Scripture and uh, I believe we're going to learn some, some new things. And we're going to back into a scripture, actually, that we, we have preached before. But uh, uh, I, I know that you're going to be just a little bit stretched and, and, and super blessed by what we discover in God's word. So open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9, beginning with... The third verse. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done at Jericho in Ai, they heard about the walls coming tumbling down. They heard about Joshua pointing his spear toward the city of Ai and 12,000 enemies being destroyed. Obedience is a little bit like a, a, a snowball. Once you get it moving, and the more you roll it in the right direction, the greater it becomes. And what had begun to happen is the children of Israel began to gain momentum and, and gain a head of steam. They won at Jericho. They ran into some problems at Ai, but ultimately they defeated Ai. And, and everybody was watching the, 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 the people of God again uh, uh, gaining this, this, this head, of, head of steam. In verse 4, it says, They worked, this is the Gibeonites, craftily. They had the thinking, if you can't beat them, what? Join them. You see, the Gibeonites understood that they could not defeat the God of Israel that opened the Red Sea for them and had done all the great miracles. They couldn't defeat them in battle. So what they did is they decided to trick Israel into making peace with them. You see, sometimes I'm not so upset just by the fact that someone lied to me as much as the fact as I can't trust them anymore. I mean, when we can't trust each other, this, I mean, you know, everything slows down. I mean, you got to check over your shoulder and and, and things become more emotional and, and things become more tense. There's more anxiety. Trust is an environment where we actually operate at our best and our optimum levels. But at the outset of this relationship, the Gibeonites told some fibs. And it went on to say that they went and pretended to be ambassadors, meaning they pretended that they came from a distant Land And their whole relationship with Israel was based on a scam, on a ruse. And they put, this is pretty elaborate here, they put old sacks on their donkeys. Old wineskins were torn and mended. They, they, they had old and patched sandals on their feet and old garments on themselves. 
and all the bread of their provisions was dry and, and moldy. These guys really, really put on a show. But what they were trying to say is, hey, guys, we came a long way. This is why we look so beat up. This is why our bread is so old. So, so you know, here, here's the proof that we've come from a long distance. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. You see, I, I don't know how they knew this, but in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1 through 2, God forbade Israel from making any peace covenants with the tribes that lived in the land of Canaan. The cultures in that part of the world at that time were so morally corrupt, socially and spiritually. The old covenant offered no remedy. You see, in the old covenant, you couldn't cast out a demon. In the old covenant, you couldn't pray a prayer and become a new creation on the inside. So, so the old covenant had limitations. So God had to deal with people. And it's not that God changed between covenants. It's, it's the same God, but just different uh, covenants, the different things he can do under each uh, uh, testament. So, so in this case, God was a little bit like a surgeon who was forced to cut off a limb to keep the cancer from spreading. Now, it seems like God's being mean, but if he let that stuff continue to grow, it was going to affect his own people. So he had to cut it out and cut it off. Hard decision. But God made it over and over again to preserve his seed. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, we're about to see that they were suspicious, but not suspicious enough. Perhaps you dwell amongst us. Now, now, you know, I see all the old stuff, but something in my gut says that maybe this is not the way you're telling it. So, so perhaps y'all dwell amongst us, so how can we make a covenant with you? Every time, every time, I have not stopped to ask God about that nagging feeling I have on the inside. I live to regret it. How many of y'all understand that? Yes. Same thing's about to happen with the children of Israel. Skip to verse 14. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions. I guess some of the stuff wasn't all moldy. Maybe they took some, 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 some sheep and, and then some cows. I don't know. But here's the problem. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. When it comes to dealing and resisting deception, a prayerless Christian is always a powerless Christian. The devil's been at this for a long time, and he's a tricky son of a gun. Can I say that in the church? I mean, man, 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 he, he, man he, the devil is crafty beyond crafty, and it takes discernment and the power of the Holy Spirit to see through his ruse. So Joshua anointed, but prayerless. Many of us anointed, but prayerless. And because we don't pray, we keep making bad decisions. So Joshua made peace with them. Not only peace, he made a covenant with them to let 
them live. Joshua drank the Kool-Aid. And the rulers of the congregation also followed Joshua's lead and swore to them. P.T. Barnum, how many of y'all remember uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus? It's shut down now, but, but, but most of us can remember. He said these words. He said, there's a sucker born every minute. I think he underestimated. I think more like every second because I've been one of them. And it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that in fact they were their neighbors who dwelt among them in Canaan. So Joshua rented his tux, put on his bow tie, walked down the aisle and everything, and three days later discovered it was a lie. Betrayed, double-crossed, deceived, duped. But watch this. As bad as what happened was, the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, what happened here is these leaders would not allow one bad decision to escalate into another bad decision. They weren't going to let their prayerlessness devolve into breaking a vow. Because they understood that your character is never more solid than your word. Psalms 15 and verse 4, God says this, and I want you to watch how he defines the fear of the Lord or, or having a genuine respect for God. It says, but he or God honors those who what, fear the Lord, and then he explains or, or, or defines it. Those who fear the Lord swears to his own hurt and does not change. God honors people who makes, make commitments and keep them, even when it costs. In fact, I'm going through this with a contractor. Man, I've been wanting to let this joker go for, for, for months. But I can't. I have a contract. And I want to do some tricky stuff. I already had, I, I had, actually, I had a lawyer on the phone. But this verse came to my mind. A man that fears God swears to his own hurt and does not change. You see, whenever we make a commitment and break it, we teach others, including ourselves, that we can't be trusted. Back to verse 16. You'll say ouch before you say amen, but it will get good. And all the congregation complained against Joshua and these rulers. But despite the pressure from the crowd, despite the pressure from the rabble, despite the pressure from, from their friends and, and peers, these leaders kept their covenant. Then all the, the, the leaders of the congregation said, listen, I hear what you're saying. 
I know they didn't do us right, but here's the deal. It's not about them. It's about us. We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. We said before God, till death do us part, and neither of us are dead yet, so I'm keeping my word. Therefore, we may not touch them. Joshua made a mistake. Joshua slipped up. Yet he had enough personal integrity to accept responsibility for his decisions. Don't tune me out. I'm going somewhere. Joshua 10 and verse 1. What we're about to read is, is going to absolutely blow your mind. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, he followed in the steps of Melchizedek, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it. See, the rumor, it's getting out that, that, that Joshua's on a roll. He defeated Ai as he had done at Jericho and its king, and now the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. So they feared what? Greatly. So again, the, the news has spread as far as Jericho, um, Jerusalem, and uh, you know, everybody heard about how, how, how Joshua was just crushing it, and, and everybody was terrified in the entire region because they might be next. Because Gibeon was a great city. You know, the Gibeonites were not some little city that, that, that had no army. They, they, these was, this was some significant folks. Matter of fact, it seems like they were the very leaders in that region. They, they were like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were what? Mighty. So the, the thinking here is if this powerful city, the Gibeonites or, or, or Gibeon, would surrender without a fight, who might be next? You see, the last thing bad people want is for the righteous and good people to get on a roll. So as much as these surrounding kingdoms competed with each other and perhaps hated each other and fought with each other, they feared Israel even more. I think it was Aristotle who said that nothing unites bitter enemies more than common danger. Verse 3. Therefore, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, king number one, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, king number two, Piram, king of Jarmuth, king number three, Japhia, uh, king of Lachish, king number four, and Debir, king of Eglon, king number five, saying, Come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. For it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. The reason that all these surrounding nations attacked the Gibeonites is because you can never trust someone who's best friends with your enemy. I had to learn that the, the, the hard way. Just one fake friend, just one fake friend can do more damage than a dozen enemies. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, five more kings joined the original list. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, Jamath, Lachish, Eglon, ten in total, gathered together and went up. And they and all their armies camped before Gibeon, and made war against her. 
since we don't have a map, what, what's happening here is Joshua's string of, of, of victories divided the, the region in half. So every king that was threatened, they would, they would no longer be able to trade with the, the kingdoms on the other side of the ridge. Actually, there was a, a ridge there, and, and they took the high ground, and, uh, uh, you know, you know they, 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 they were threatened. So, so all these kings came together to come against. Verse 6. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at, at, at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Don't forsake your servants. Now, they say this. Because they understand what might be going through Joshua and the children of Israel's mind. Now listen, the only reason I'm in covenant with you because you lied to me in the first place. You know, uh, you know I, I, I'm having some second thought, but, but watch this. He said, do not forsake your servants. In a couple of verses we'll see that more clearly. Come up to us, what? Quickly. Save us and help us. Here's what I need you to see. Though the the men of, of Gibeon entered into a covenant with Joshua by trickery and by deceit. Joshua still maintained and kept his side of the bargain. He did not come to the Gibeonites' aid because they had integrity. He helped them because he had integrity. Joshua didn't help them because they were good people. Joshua helped them because he was a good man. Here's the question. If a human covenant, such an ill-devised covenant as this one was so honored, how much more will God honor his holy covenant that's been written in the blood of his own son? You see, God does not rescue us because we're so good. He rescues us because he's so good. The Gibeonites said, come up to us, what? Quickly. Now, why do they say this? Because how many of us, I'll be honest, you might have kind of technically fulfilled your covenant or your value. You've been like, well, I'm coming, but uh, I'm going to move as slow as possible. I can't help it if you die while I'm en route. And this is where we, we keep the letter, but we, we deny the spirit of it. But not Joshua. He was a covenant keeper to the core. So Joshua, by the way, his, his Hebrew name, when you translate it into the Greek, guess what it is? Jesus. Joshua in Hebrew is Yeshua. And that's the name of the king that would come. So Jesus ascended from Gilgal. He and all the angels and the people that war with him and all the mighty men of valor. And Jesus' attitude, Joshua's attitude was, I don't care what you did. I'm in covenant with you, and I'm going to come to your rescue. Jesus' attitude is, listen, I don't care what you did. I'm in covenant with you, and I want to come to your rescue. Just turn to me. Just call to me in your need. And the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, listen, you shouldn't have made a covenant with that man. You should have prayed. You should have, you should have, you should have sought me. Joshua, you, you messed up. So you know what? The covenant's void. No. The Lord said, listen, Joshua, I'm going to honor your integrity. 
Don't fear them, for I have delivered all these kings into your hand, and not a man shall stand before you. You see, integrity is doing the right thing, even if nobody but God agrees. Stay with me. Verse 9 is important because most of us in this room wouldn't have done that or what we're about to read. Joshua therefore came upon them what? Suddenly. Meaning he didn't drag his feet. He didn't move slow hoping that the kings would kill him before they got there. But he ran to the battle for an imperfect, Covenant partner. The Bible says, having marched all night, eight hours, from Gilgal. This march was about 20 miles and a climb of over 3,000 feet. Every step was uphill. And the whole army did it all night long. While singing this song, it's not in the Bible, but, but this, 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 this is what I heard. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough to keep me from you. And by the way, this is an imperfect, lying, cheating, deceiving covenant partner that Joshua marches all night long to rescue. And if a man operated in that level of integrity, how much more God? So the Lord routed them before Israel. Joshua kept his covenant with Gibeon. So God kept his covenant with Joshua. The only hope that some people have is their connection to us and that we maintain our connection to God. Verse 11. And it happened. By the way, the, the Bible says the believing spouse sanctifies the unbelieving. That unbelieving spouse only hope may be you. So you need to live this thing. Walk this thing. Verse 11, and it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven. Now, hail is part of the natural order. We even have hail around here. But what's amazing is God can take special aim, even with natural things, use special timing to accomplish His. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.